you want victory, you can have it in Christ Jesus. Time once again for Abiding in Christ with Jim Wood. You have to step back, evaluate the various positions in light of Scripture, and then re-engage with a godly perspective. Pastor Wood is the founder of Weirs Valley Ranch, a Christian home and school for kids from crisis family situations. Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. You can contact the program by calling 866-41-ABIDE or by visiting us on the web at wvr.org. And now, without further delay, here's your host, Jim Wood. You would please open your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6, this is God's Word. All who are under the yoke of slavery should consider their masters worthy of full respect, so that God's name and our teaching may not be slandered. Those who have believing masters are not to show less respect for them because they are brothers. Instead, they are to serve them even better because those who benefit from their service are believers and dear to them. These are the things you are to teach and urge on them. If anyone teaches false doctrines and does not agree to the sound instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ and to godly teaching, he is conceited and understands nothing. He has an unhealthy interest in controversies and quarrels about words that result in envy, strife, malicious talk, evil suspicions, and constant friction between men of corrupt mind who've been robbed of the truth and who think that godliness is a means to financial gain. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. People who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. In the sight of God who gives life to everything and of Christ Jesus, who while testifying before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ which God will bring about in his own time. God, the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see, to him be honor and might forever. Amen. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. 
Timothy, guard what has been entrusted to your care. Turn away from godless chatter and the opposing ideas of what is falsely called knowledge, which some have professed and in so doing have wandered from the faith. Grace be with you. May God add his blessing to this reading from his holy and inspired word. Again, Paul is giving instruction to Timothy, who is like a son to him. And as we read this, he's covering a number of subjects. But the first is he talks about those who are under the yoke of slavery. Obviously, that's not anything we need to concern ourselves with because slavery doesn't exist anymore. Wrong. Slavery is still huge around the world. And I'm talking about in many countries where the UN might not want to talk about it, but the fact is people are still enslaved. So how does this apply? Well, suppose you become a believer and you're in one of those countries. What are you supposed to do? Write a letter to the uh, Court of Human Rights in Strasbourg, France, and ask that they intervene on your behalf. And what Paul says is this, if you are a slave and a believer in Jesus, you need to really work hard for the master. Not just your human master, but work hard for your human master because you're working for the Lord, your real master, the one who is the only ruler, as Paul will say later in this chapter. Well, um, so is he saying slavery is okay? The majority of the people in the various Roman cities were slaves. Hence, the majority of people in churches were often slaves. Paul doesn't write and say, listen, I want you to know that in a couple of thousand years, the effects of Christianity are going to be such that uh, among Christian populations, there won't be nearly as many slaves. Well, that would be really helpful to those people, wouldn't it? What do we learn from what he told them about what we ought to do. You say, man, I'm, you know, I'm not going to be a slave. What if you uh, are, for instance, uh, a professional athlete? Some team has bought you. Well, I get paid. I get millions for that. Well, some do. But they don't, they're not free agents. Have you heard the term free agency? You find yourself basically having sold yourself, and now they own you. There are people who do that with corporations. There are people who would say, my time in the military was a lot like being a slave. I didn't decide what time I was going to get up in the morning. I didn't say to my commanding officer, listen, man, I've had a really rough day. I, I, I need to get up a little later tomorrow. I, <laughs> are you kidding? Would that work, Mr. J? No, of course not. You're not in charge of yourself. You don't decide where you're going to go. They tell you where you're going. And that's often true in corporate America. I know people who have been 
moved around the country. Their family had gotten settled. Everything's good. They got friends. They got a church. And the company says, you're going to Denver, or you're going from Denver to wherever. So what are you supposed to do if you're in that kind of situation where you're not able to call your own shots? Break away, become an entrepreneur, go on Shark Tank and make millions. <laughs> Actually, that's not the solution that's proposed. Instead, God says you should do the best you can to serve the person you're working for. And the reason you do that is to honor the Lord. Look at the reason he gives here. They should consider their masters worthy of full respect so that God's name and our teaching may not be slandered. The reason I'm doing what I'm doing is for the sake of the kingdom. I'm not doing it in order to try and get promoted. I'm doing it in order to promote him, in order to give God glory. So, if I have a chance to get free, is it okay to do that? Paul doesn't address it in these couple of verses, but if you read 1 Corinthians 7, yes. He says, if you're a slave and you have an opportunity to get your freedom, go for it. He's not talking about running away. He's talking about the fact that there were ways of getting out of slavery for some. But if you don't have that opportunity, be the best slave you can be. Those who have believing masters, when they worship together, they're brothers in the Lord. So there might be an attitude that says, I don't really have to work so hard for this guy. He's not going to beat me. You know, <laughs> He's my brother, so why should I have to be the one to do all the work? Do it yourself, man. You ever treat your brother that way? It's not even a good way to treat your brother. He says, no, you should work all the harder if your master is a believer because you're serving someone whom who is dear to you, verse 2. How could, how could somebody be my master? I'm a slave, they're the master, and they're dear to me. Well, I think about a little girl who was kidnapped from home by a foreign army, and her master was Naaman, the general of the foreign army that had invaded her land. And he had leprosy. And seeing his need, she said, good, I hope your face rots off. Is that what she said? Of course not. She said, our God can heal you. You need to go see the prophet and have him pray for you. Why would she do that? Because she cared about her boss. Was he a believer? Not at that point. But he became a believer because when he did what God's word said for him to do through the prophet, God healed him. And he became a believer in God. And if you've got somebody who's your boss and they don't know the Lord, the best thing you could hope for them is that they would come to know the Lord. So, let's just say Christianity is what overthrew slavery in Western culture. 
But the way it's done is by people who love God turning the thing around and saying, I am free to serve you because I'm serving the Lord. Is that clear? I hope so. Listeners to this broadcast from all over the country have signed up to help with the basic needs of children at Wares Valley Ranch by becoming a ranch hand. Ranch hands have committed to giving monthly to help with things like food, utility bills for ranch homes, and gas for the ranch minivans. If you believe the Lord would have you help in this way, you can become a ranch hand by signing up at wvr.org. Just look for the donate button. To step out of my comfort zone Into the realm of the unknown where Jesus is Not only finding freedom when you have a human master, but verses 3 through 10 and 17 through 19, finding freedom from the slavery of greed. Paul talks here about the fact that there are people teaching false doctrines, not agreeing with sound instruction. And guess what? He says they are arrogant and ignorant. That's a bad combination, and it is rampant in society today. People who think they know it all, and in fact, the stuff they are advancing as knowledge is not knowledge at all. It's insanity. But, One of the things, apparently, that they were teaching, these false teachers, was that godliness is a means to financial gain. Really, that was the final thing he says about their false doctrine? Yeah. They think that doing certain things a certain way is how you get rich. Fortunately, we don't have any health and wealth preachers in America. Actually, we're the ones who are exporting that all over the world. That hellish doctrine is being preached on every continent by people who've gotten it from American preachers. And it works for those preachers until they die. A lot of the health and wealth folks may not be healthy, but they are wealthy financially. They've got a lot of money, they've got their jets, they've got their jewels. But Jesus asked an important question. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? If you think that godliness should be pursued, I'm going to live that way because I think I'll come out ahead financially. You are absolutely aiming for the wrong thing. Those who are eager to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. And some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, 
and everything else will be added to you. God knows what you need, Jesus said. And he'll provide everything you need if your focus is on doing his will. Well, I, how do we decide what we need? How about letting him decide? How about letting God decide what you need? Do you know what he says about God? God actually provides us not only with everything we need, but he has given us everything to enjoy. It's okay to enjoy what you've got. If you enjoy what you have, you'll have a much happier life. But if every time you get something, you discover, which everyone tends to do, that actually that didn't fill that empty spot inside. And so now i got to have this. Now I want that. Always going after the next thing. What's the next thing? What's the next thing? What's the next thing? None of that satisfies. But if you find contentment, which is what he tells us, Godliness with contentment is great gain. God knows what we need. I'm not going to tell my purple sneaker story again this morning, but I want you to understand God knows what we need. And when I tell the purple sneaker story, I'm telling you that God not only provided me with the kind of shoes I prayed for, but he gave them to me in purple because he knew what I really needed was to humble myself. So, this temptation to pursue financial wealth leads to destruction. You cannot do that and be seeking first the kingdom of God at the same time. And so this description, you kind of feel sorry for these people. People who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap. A trap! And into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. I've seen it. I've witnessed it. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. And some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves. That doesn't sound comfortable. They've pierced themselves with many griefs. Pastor, you already read that to us a few minutes ago. Yes, because I want you to understand the warning here is to protect people from being hurt, from being destroyed. You cannot make money and riches and fame and other ungodly things your goal without destroying yourself. That's, that's where it leads. So don't do that. And yet when I talk with young people, including many who have professed faith in Christ, about what their ambition is, their goal is to get wealthy. They have a, a poverty mindset that says, I didn't have enough, so now i got to get lots. No. Pursue Jesus. Look, look at what he says here. You, man of God, flee from all this. That means run away from it. And pursue Righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. That's what you need to be chasing after, wanting to be more like Christ. 
Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and God will give you everything you need, including a lot of stuff to enjoy and to share with others. When Paul's writing to the Ephesians and telling everybody who's a believer, you need to stop being idle, you need to get to work. Don't steal, instead get a job. Work, labor, so that you can be wealthy. No, he says, so that you will have enough to share with others. The goal and the, is, is to be blessed in order to bless others. So, in the sight of God who gives life to everything, and of Christ Jesus, who while testifying before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which God will bring about in his own time. You have questions about, you know, when's Jesus coming again? You think it's going to be soon? I think it's going to be soon. So did Paul. Well, and was he wrong? No, he was doing the right thing because he was living his whole life in anticipation of what is most definitely going to happen. And he wanted to be ready. And he was not disappointed because he is with the Lord right now. So, God will bring it about in his own time. God, the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings and Lord of lords. If you live with that kind of mindset, you know that God's in charge of everything. You don't have to be afraid of running out of stuff. God's going to take care of you. Elijah was fed by birds, literally. Ravens brought him his food. As I've told you before, it was basically a hamburger. He had meat and bread, and I think that very good. Now, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant or to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. So it's okay to be rich? Yeah. There are a lot of rich people who are making it possible for you guys to be here without your families having to pay what it costs for you to be here. There are also a lot of not rich people who are giving sacrificially in order to make it possible for you to be here without your families having to pay the costs of you being here. I wonder when you graduate someday if it will occur to you as you start being blessed and having income that you'd like to help some other younger people, to be able to be here. So, Timothy, guard what has been entrusted to your care. Man, is that a word. Do you understand that a treasure has been entrusted to you? If you know the gospel, you know something that the world doesn't know. And you need to guard it as a treasure. And you need to share it with those who don't know. Turn away from godless chatter and the opposing ideas of what is falsely called knowledge, which some have professed and in so doing 
have wandered from the faith. Wandered from the faith? So these were people who had previously professed the truth and they wandered away? Yes, and you will see that in your life. You will see people who professed the truth and then got off course. Doesn't say they made a hard turn to the right or left, they just wandered. Don't wander off, stay on course. How do I do that? Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. You've been listening to Abiding in Christ. If you have questions that you'd like for us to tackle on the program or comments that you want to make, I want to invite our listeners to call 866-41-ABIDE. That's our toll-free number, 866-41-ABIDE. Or contact us on the web at wvr.org.